Well, hello, everyone. It's your girl, Gabrielle, from Estefa Head Tutoring Services. Welcome to the seventh episode of Hot Topics, where we talk real talk about things that are happening in education, employment, physical health, mental health, social services, psychology, finance, or anything else that's steaming. So we have a repeat hot topic today. Our our hot topic today is technology and education. And I just wanna point out that we like to repeat topics here because there are multiple perspectives for one topic. So don't be alarmed if you see the same topic over and over, just know that there are different takes on it and we definitely want to have diverse views. So uh, my guest today, is Lauren Varlak. She will be helping me out today. And let me tell you a little bit about her. So she calls herself the Edupreneur's Educator. This means that she is an educator slash, slash teacher helping Black women entrepreneurs to take the path to become the most bold, daring, and impactful educators in their online brands. The journey started when she was feeling like she was hiding in the background, doing the bare minimum because she felt like she didn't know enough or have enough to be bold and seen in life, career, and business. She created a quiz called Brand Your Flavor that allowed her to dive deep into the strengths of her personality, passion for teaching, and purpose, and sharing it, and that has catapulted her brand. Today, she helps Black women like herself take the journey to disrupt the online education space by using their expertise to educate the masses from massive impact through their courses. So, Lauren, welcome to Hot Topics. Thank you. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. All right. Awesome. Right. So we were talking and you have an interesting perspective in technology in schools, technology and education. So please, please, the floor is yours. Go ahead. <laughs> awesome. um, so as far as technology in schools, um, I think what's happening here in our 21st century is the idea of how technology look has changed. Um, technology and realized because I'm a history teacher by by day, right? So I put on my history teacher super cape during the day and then during the night I have the entrepreneur's cape. <laughs> so um, the way I see technology is different. So during like the 1900s or we could say the 1800s and so forth, when we had the industrial revolution, technology could have been mass books, right? because they did not have the advent or they did not have the technology if we're talking about you know the printing press and so forth they did not have that technology until then to mass produce books so that would have been their technology right but as we move on today technology and what we see has changed to the form where books and so forth are now um in the hands of a smartphone or a tablet or, um, or a laptop or a computer. Um, we no longer have to have per se paper books and it's out, actually we have a choice now. So 
in schools, uh, I see a lot of schools are moving more towards using technology instead of shunning it away and trying to find different ways so that students can embrace technology in a in a fruitful way rather than just um throwing it out the baby out with the bath water per se and saying no you cannot use technology at all i think it's becoming more embraced in 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 the education space definitely so how do you think it is changing education for the better for the worse or is it about the same um in a sense i think it's changing education for the better um because now students we we have access to tons of information that we didn't have before um especially when it comes to research when it comes to connecting with others collaboration connecting with others especially on a global realm. Um, before, I don't know if y'all remember, but I remember whenever we had to do a research paper, right? Before, when we didn't have the internet, you would have to go in that library and you would have to look up in the card catalog and you would have to drag out all of these encyclopedias and have it on the desk and research every single encyclopedia to get your research paper done. Now, that entire cyclopedia is on your laptop <laughs> because you can just go on Google, you know, type in a, a query or a keyword search and tons of information pops up. So the deal right now is not, you know, I think it's a great thing that we're moving towards that space where, you know, students uh can be able to do that type of research and have that access to tons of information and have access to tons of people to share their stories their experience and so forth now is the case is teaching how to filter the noise right um how do we look at the information that's valid that you can use for peer research you know for quality research and content rather than that that's skewed and you know very you know sort of biased that you can say okay well i know this is biased maybe i may not want to place this in my research and or you know vice versa maybe they want to place it in their research to show the bias it that to me has to be distinguished in the technological age that we're in in education now so you're you're currently a teacher correct yes mm -hmm. so now that all this technology is being integrated in the schools so things like smart boards and google classroom and so by technology um i mean a lot more a lot more computers i guess yeah. a lot more computerized <laughs> things so do you find yourself having to learn these new softwares or did you already know it or is there a special training or how, how is that working out yeah definitely as a matter <laughs> as a matter of fact this friday last friday we um we're moving we're moving towards using canvas canvas is a learning management system um that's um that's pretty good. So now I had to do a full crash course on Canvas. 
um, because we divert some of the um, the business teacher, the C CTE teachers, which are you know those that teach business and um, business management and so forth. They've been using Canvas quite a bit, um, but now they're trying to move the entire district that I teach at into using Canvas, where we used to use Teams, Microsoft Teams. However, Microsoft Teams um, was not necessarily built for education, it was built for business and business collaboration. So now, you know, that learning curve that we have to do, um, it's interesting because um, it has to be quick. <laughs> it has to be quick. Um, and for the most part, I find myself really digging in and trying to learn the system and i think in a sense that's a good thing because um the more it, it fosters that protocol of trying to learn more and not sitting on your laurels and saying okay i know all of this i got this together i got it i got it you know i got my lesson plans done everything is done but now you have this new system and now that it throws you into this loop and saying oh i don't know everything now i do have to learn something new and that's great because for me i think educators are learners and learners are educators so we have to continue learning we're, as an educator as a teacher we still have to continue learning because that's our process that's the way we're able to teach so yeah um i, I enjoy microsoft teams there were certain kinks and things that as an educator i found was annoying but <laughs> um, moving to canvas and seeing the capabilities in canvas um and i've used google classroom before just for my own business that was great to use um and with the functionalities of um just self-grading was awesome <laughs> um but uh yeah a lot of the techno a lot of the technology that i'm seeing that's coming out especially for ed tech ed tech has become such a big industry um and just trying to come up with different technologies that help to ease the the um you know the day-to-day -day for teachers and educators it's it's amazing what's coming up um different things like nearpod uh pear deck I use Edpuzzle a lot. Those are awesome tools, awesome tools for teaching. And it's really engaging for the students as well. So I'm looking forward to see what's coming up in EdTech as well. Ah, sorry. All right, so, I mean, that's interesting that you, you brought up that, you know, there's all these different programs and, and tools that you have to learn. And then you also brought up the ed, ed tech industry. So how do you think, you know, with what happened with, with COVID and remote learning now, so how do you, how do you think the, the ed tech industry will, will affect schools going forward? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I think it's going to be a big, 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 big industry for education i think technologically wise i'm i'm just saying for y'all if you want to invest in something look into ed tech i'm i'm serious because that's i think that's how prevalent it's going to be um because of what happened with covid 
it's almost like the entire nation. And I'm just talking for the United States, not, you know, if we have to look at it, the world itself, but if you just had to look at the, you know, the microcosm, just the eye of the United States, the entire United States and its schools, those districts had to switch instantly to a virtual digital setting of learning and tools in place or certain technology in place already, um, such as Google Classroom, such as Teams or Canvas or Schoology and, you know, all of these different types of learning management systems that um, are apparent of, you know, you have Blackboard co Collaborate, all of these different types of uh, learning management systems, because they were in place already, it made it a bit easier to to transition to that virtual state now and i always mention this to uh, you know um my peer teachers and so forth imagine if we were in a place back in the 90s back in the 80s when this happened it probably would have looked a lot different i know it would have looked a lot different because we were just at the advent of internet and you know, more than likely it would have had to have been some type of mail correspondence, you know, uh, it would have looked a lot different, a lot different. Um, so I think in the future, just outright learning management systems in K-12, you know, education or even in post-secondary education, that is not going away ever because it was, you know, district sees that as a great opportunity as an emergency you know backup so if schools are not able to be present physically then we're gonna have to move to a virtual setting and i don't think that's going anywhere so it's gonna be seen as that emergency standby just in case of you know anything um disasters diseases pandemics anything like that Right, right. So now bringing it back into the school itself with all of these, these uh, technologies that's coming in, all these programs, all these uh, gadgets, so to speak. So what do you, what do you think about all these things being incorporated to education? and the impact on on kids developmentally because it's you know it's not just the older students it's the younger students as well the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds and the five-year-olds and you know they're they're at the early stage of development so what do you what's your take on that that's a great question and for early childhood or early childhood education i think Getting them interested or getting them into ed tech at a young age is fine as long as it's structured. Because I don't think that kids at that young age should be on ed tech on a long period of time because then they lose their sense of play. And play is important especially at you know for any age play is just important period 
but having that sense of discovery having that sense of 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 wonderment and curiosity and so forth just on you know natural things outside of tech is important for early childhood education so i think having it structured by the educator by the teacher is important where they have structured time and saying okay we're going to use maybe the tablets and you know do something on the tablet that's fun maybe engaging and then after that structured time then it's you know back to discovery and play and interacting and socialization that type of thing um as students get older and having that access to need that information needing that research to create content um then you know more technology and more technological resources can be introduced but at a younger stage then i think it needs to be and even so at the older stage it should be structured still still should be structured even at the high school level where i teach i think it's still you know it should be still structured and in my classroom i make it apparent that it's going to be structured <laughs> it's like okay we're going to do this and we're going to use this at this time and then at a different time you know maybe we'll do something written or different research but you know it's it has to be structured so when you say structured you mean like planned out so we're going to do two hours with the tablet and then two hours writing on pen and paper that's what you mean yes yes it should be um it should be yeah documented and having that that set time so for example if a teacher is creating their lesson plan and so forth maybe there may be a set time where you find a great a great software system like um i know um on the elementary level especially with my son they use um the smart board smart board online system a lot um and they may have used it for uh, math because it was really interactive and they were able to play games and so forth on it using the math with uh smart board online and that was helpful and that was great but the teacher had a set time and saying okay you're going to use you know, smart board online at this time. And then we're going to go back to, you know, doing rote things, doing discovery, you know, sort of things. So yeah, that was, that's kind of what I mean by structured. Um, in my classroom, and I know this is a big thing <laughs> with cell phones, but in my classroom last year, my kids were able to use their cell phones because I had it set where their their assignments, whether it was in like technology like Edpuzzle, where they could watch videos and then answer questions, or we were reviewing something from a short lecture via Teams, Microsoft Teams, they were able to access it from their phone, or if they had a laptop or a tablet or something like that. So, um, so yeah, you know, having that structured space where technology is encouraged and is used um and also another point where you use technology to foster collaboration because i think that's important so anything where the technology is used to you know um, have group work so they can use the technology maybe having a discussion board or group discussion collaboration board where they can talk amongst each other you know give feedback as a student 
um, to be able to produce a product or produce some type of content that could be used as well. But yeah, you know, it should be it should be structured and monitored. <laughs> so now let's 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 talk about COVID again. So mm -hmm. how how has things been for you as a teacher? You know, during COVID, even now. I don't want to say post-COVID, we're still kind of right. in it, but <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term, you know, post-COVID. So during COVID and post-COVID, how how has things been for you as a teacher? Um, <laughs> COVID was an interesting year. COVID, that COVID, 2019-2020, that was it was it was rough it was rough i don't like it. it was a rough year um and because a lot of students were in and out and you know absences some students had to be quarantined um and when they were quarantined you know they had to stay out for maybe a week two weeks so it took a lot of time away from instruction. So I found myself, you know, having to go back and maybe reteach something, redo lectures, redo us, you know, activities, having, you know, that back and forth. So that was an interesting year and very taxing, <laughs> very interesting. I relied a lot on the technology that I had available to me. So that, that was, that was a saving grace, to be honest. Um, this year, everybody's coming back. <laughs> all of the students will be back. Um, so it'll be all face to face. Um, they're not required to wear a mask. Okay, it can be optional. So navigating that aspect with making sure that I do things that I used to do, which was before COVID, pre-COVID, I did a lot of group work. Um, I did a lot of project-based learning and so forth. So figuring out that aspect of group work and making sure I still kind of maintain distance because I don't want my kids to be too close to each other and with the mask situation, it's gonna be a little bit tricky. Um, but I'm still looking forward to, to seeing what's gonna happen this year um, now that everyone is back. Um, and then also to, I guess for the first week, we're more focusing on getting students ready and um, getting them acclimated to the school environment again. So that first, literally taking out a full week just to get them, get their minds and their, their spirit and their hearts and, and in focus and being back in physical school again, which is good without having to think about or deal with anything like homework or content or anything like that. So that's a good idea. Um, again, I'm gonna be relying on my technology because I'm gonna need it because I, I can foresee that there's gonna be some issues with quarantine because of the Delta variant. Um, but trying to make sure that those those things are in place so that if a student does have to go in quarantine or is there some form of absence, they do have they do have um, their learning management system like Canvas to go in there, see what we did, see where we're at, complete assignments, and still be on um, 
on tasks when they get back into the class. So hopefully that should help. <laughs> so now, do you think during post-COVID that students were so used to being on their tablets and learning remotely, and now they have to return to in-person learning? So I know that's going to be a, a tough transition in itself. But do you, do you think we will continue with the remote learning now in this post-COVID area or even partially incorporated somehow? Yeah, um, I do think it's going to be partially incorporated. Um, and then some, some parents will still have the option to um, have their children attend a virtual school um, if they choose to. So there are options for virtual school learning outside of that, you know, particular face-to-face um, -face school. However, I think some of the parents that may be choosing to go to a virtual school may have a rude awakening because it's not like what we experienced during um, during that peak COVID time, right? Um, yeah, students are going to have a, a big awakening because virtual school is very much driven. It's very independent focus. It's a lot like um, taking a college course. Um, and if the student is not very independent and not very aware of their um, schedule and focusing and so forth, it may be a hard time for them to make sure they're on task and what have you. So um, I think there is going to be, and then also too with this, you know, the variant that we have now, um, there's going to be a need to have that partial remote learning just in case. I don't think it's going to be with Zoom calls and so forth, but at least having um, a backup to, so that students can see where, you know, where, where the teacher is at. Um, and having those assignments in place so that they can see, okay, this is where we're at, you know, I can complete this assignment, I can see where we're at, and when I come back, if I still have questions, um, I'm, I'm at least at some level of understanding that I can get questions and feedback on my assignments so that I can be on task or on schedule. So I think that's the kind of thing that they're looking at now. For you know, core content areas like math and English and science is um, it's going to be tricky because a lot of the students that were you know remote learning they learn some aspects because a lot of those things are skill built you know so it's you know pace you know you have to climb that success path of going up you know and learning certain skills to build um, and some of those skills may not have been practiced enough when they were at home because some of those kids they as you know we all know some of those kids they may have said that they were on zoom but they <laughs> they may have a little you know a little card or something up you know playing like they are on zoom but doing something else playing playstation or something um but so it's gonna now that they're returning back face to face um there's gonna be a lot of retraining a lot of relearning the the physical aspect of being back in school, um, learning to work with their peers again, 
learning to um, have that practice time of being in school and training themselves to be in school, getting up, <laughs> getting up and getting dressed and getting ready to go to school. Those, those types of things, um, it's gonna be a lot of practice, a lot of, yeah, a lot of practice that has to come in on that end. Um, yeah, and I think it's and just for speaking with teachers, um, just from a teacher to teacher's perspective, um, it's going to require us to have a lot of patience because a lot of them are, they forgot. They just, they've been, a lot of them have been home for a full year of school. Um, so it's going to require us to have a bit of patience to realize that they are now back in a physical sense and being face to face and they have to re you know get back on the pedals and start to learn how to pedal again in that in that aspect that's that's a very good point <clears throat> excuse me that's a very good point and that the the fact that during the remote learning you know we kids forgot how to, well, I don't want to say forgot, but when you go to in-person school, you have to get dressed, you have to wake up at a certain time, you know, you have to commute to school, you know, there's all these things that go with it, and with the remote learning, I mean, yeah, you still have to get up at a certain time, but it's not like you're in front of the computer for six hours continually, like there's little breaks in between classes right so it's 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 we have to relearn they have to relearn those behaviors right pretty mm -hmm. much pretty much so i wanted to go back to what you said earlier about virtual school and that mm -hmm. the parents will have a rude awakening so there i want to emphasize your point that there is a, a distinction between remote learning and virtual school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is a big difference between remote learning, which was what was done um, during um, COVID, pre, I'll call it peak COVID, because we're still in COVID, but peak COVID, um, that was remote learning. Virtual school is something that's totally different because I've, I've experienced what virtual school was like because my, my eldest son was in virtual school for about maybe one or two years. And it's intense. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff. Um, making sure that they, you know, they have a certain schedule in place. They have a certain time frame that they have to do things. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a lot like having a college course or having, you know, a college, um, you, you know, pursuing a college um, career or degree, um, but it's just based on a K to 12 aspect. So for parents that are considering and saying, okay, well, you know, I would really want my, my child or my, you know, my teen or what have you to attend a virtual school, just realize that when they attend the schedule is much different than having remote learning where the teacher is there um and giving instruction um there the and also in remote learning it's it's a little bit more 
engaged and they're more, um, how can I say, more in depth in terms of trying to make sure that the student has their assignments done and, you know, having the schedule in pace for them. It's a lot different in virtual school. They're gonna just tell you, this is what it is, <laughs> okay? They may, they would have the, the live sessions available, but they're gonna depend on you to make sure, or the students to make sure that they have their schedule in place, making sure that they are up on their assignment tasks, making sure that they get their stuff done. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite different, quite quite different. So let me ask you this: Do you think there is such thing as too much technology in schools? Hmm. I don't think so. Um, I don't think there's too much technology. I think there is not enough management of technology. Um, technology can be very useful in a school because quite frankly, um, if we look at our current workspace and our current work systems, even for those of us that are in business or entrepreneurs or in corporate, you know, retail, what have you, those jobs and those careers, those businesses are moving towards tech. And they're expecting that whomever that they hire has some idea about navigating certain technologies. Um, even up to this day, like if you, you know, I have students that work part-time and they have to know how to manage um, the, the, the point of sale system, right? That's technology. It's not, it's no longer where you have a, you know, a cash register that, you know, is manual based. It's all based on, you know, electronic SKUs and, um, you know, looking up information on their database, their warehouse database from a, you know, from a, a smartphone or something like that, or a smart tablet. So, yeah, I think, I don't think there's too much technology per se. I think if it's managed well by, you know, at administration, then it's effective. But if it's not managed well, if it's, you know, if there's no structure, if there's no protocols and no procedures available, then yeah, that's going to be too much. <laughs> and then another thing too is parents have to catch up to it because you know, they're introducing it to the kids, but, you know, the parents have to learn it themselves and, and they have to figure it out. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother, yeah, that's a whole nother situation with parents having to learn the technology, especially if, you know, for parents or, you know, even grandparents that may not have been in that space of, you know, having or on that, you know, technology bubble that happened. Um, so they have to, they, it's, it's quite a learning curve for them. And I think um, administrations, especially school administrations, whether post or, you know, K-12, um, they're going to have to come up with different ways to help parents be educated on these technologies because it's 
honestly is not going away. It's going to be here. They're going to be here forever and ever and ever, amen. But having some way that they can teach parents and saying, okay, well, this is a new technology that we're moving to. This is what our students are going to be learning. Have a, you know, have a look at it, play with it, you know, see what it looks like, you know, things like that. So parents are seeing it and they're like, ah, what am I supposed to do? Because that's kind of what happened at peak COVID. At peak COVID, we were thrown into, you know, virtual learning and now districts had to say, okay, well, this is the pro, the, pro, uh, the platform that we're using. Your kids are going to have to come on here and they're going to learn from this platform. And parents are like, what? <laughs> they're like, I've never used this platform before. How are you supposed to log in? How are you supposed to hear your teacher? Where is your teacher? Blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, that training and that um, protocol was not there. Um, so those procedures, I think, for administration should be in place so that they can have parents that are at least at least aware of the basics and if they're aware of the basics then i'm sure even their kids can teach them eventually which i've seen a lot with my son my son was with his grandpa and his grandma he was teaching him no no you gotta go he no papa you gotta go here you gotta go there and my you know my dad was learning right along with them and so on my mom. So um, I think that's the case, being open um, for administrations to be aware and open to the fact that parents do need to have this training in the technology as well. And then having the patience with the students that are learning this new technology, to have that patience with them and even allowing the, the students themselves to become the teachers to help their parents and vice versa. So to learn right to learn along with them. So mm -hmm. and not to be afraid of not to right, be afraid exactly. of the technology. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the technology. Just embrace it a bit, you know, and just learn along with learn along with them. Um, you know, you'd be able to see some great possibilities and great things coming out from students when they when they're learning from technology and they're using technology to just foster new things and new new ideas and new growth. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So we're just about to wrap up here. So what advice do you have to the people listening right now? Is there any words uh, of advice you would like to give? Yeah, words of advice. Um, as far as technology and education is concerned, um, just be aware that it's not going anywhere. Um, from a K to 12 perspective, post-secondary perspective, technology is gonna be there and it's gonna be prevalent in education because now it opens up the space for everyone to learn and for everyone to learn from each other without having those borders, uh, world borders. So we can learn from someone in Africa or learn from someone in Asia. And now it opens up those borders to each other. Um, and also too, it also opens us that if you're if you're not even a a teacher or an educator, you can be, because now we have the internet, and now you can if you have a great skill or you have um, great knowledge in something, you can be an educator and a teacher outside of the four walls of you know K twelve or post secondary ed, 
and have your own courses, have your own programs, have your own memberships and educate in that manner too. So education has now become outside of the four walls of a classroom. Education is now in the atmosphere on an internet worldwide web perspective. And now anyone with the capability and the understanding of and a true passion for learning and educating can become an educator and that's awesome <laughs> yes that is awesome that is amazing all right miss varlak thank you so much for joining me today thank so you. you guys listening right now lauren varlak she is promoting her entrepreneur quiz called the brand flavor quiz right which i referenced earlier it helps you find out what your entrepreneur personality is and how you can use it to attract the students who want to learn from you as well <laughs> and her website is brandy of flavor brandyaflava.com mm -hmm. and all that will be listed in the bio of course and of course, and she has a book that she also wants to promote. Tell us, tell us about your book. Yes, this is my book. I hope you can see it. It's called Brand Your Flavor, the same thing as the website, Brand Your Flavor. And it's a book for entrepreneurs. So if you have a passion for, um, for teaching and a passion for educating in your business brand, then you are an entrepreneur. And I help you brand yourself as an entrepreneur, especially as a black woman. You may think like me when I, before I thought that my expertise was not enough, <laughs> that I didn't have the way with all to educate or to share what I knew about business. Cause I'm like, who am I to do that? Who am I to teach about this stuff? But I realized that I do have those gifts. I do have that talent and you can build a business through education and it can be a successful business and I teach you how to brand yourself to be this bold daring and impactful entrepreneur in your business and the brand flavor quiz and the brand your flavor book will help you do all of that <laughs> awesome awesome and where can people buy your book it is on Amazon you can go on Amazon and look up brand your flavor just like I always said, brand your flavor, because we all got flavor. We all got that special sauce that we that we used to teach and we used to be ourselves in. Um, and you can find that on Amazon. And you can also find it on my website, brandyourflavor.com as well. Awesome. Awesome. So go visit her website and go get that book. So guys, thank you for joining us today. Please check out our YouTube channel for more videos and clips. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us at Step Ahead Tutoring Services. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please tune in next time for the next episode of Hot Topics. Signing off. Bye. Bye. <laughs>